great to join with you guys. Uh, thanks, Jonathan, for putting this together. Um, there's just an excitement in my heart to be with you guys. Uh, I just, uh, I just want to pray, and then I'm just going to share some things, some things that the Lord's thrown out to me just to share uh, this afternoon. Lord, we just thank you for uh, <laughs> what you're doing through these uh, 10 days, what you're doing corporately around the earth. Thank you for your, uh, your smile that's on this. Thank you for your angels that are partnering with us to uh, release the will of the Lord in the earth for this season, for such a time as this. We thank you that um, this is going to be uh, a great and glorious time uh, for the earth, for the people of God, for what you want to do. And, and Lord, I just uh, ask you for this afternoon, just uh, words from heaven that change earth. I thank you, Lord. And I ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Lord, just thank you for uh, that which is done in these 10 days would uh, partner with your purposes in shaping the earth as you intended in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, in, in the time we have, I, I just felt um, to declare just a few things and just share what some things I believe are on God's heart for this season. And uh, probably going back 17 years ago, uh, I got, uh, I had had a, a radical shift in my life. My whole life changed 23 years ago in just one moment of surrender with the Lord. And uh, during that time was the outpourings of the Holy Spirit in the late 90s, Toronto and Brownsville. And out of experiencing that and after encountering the Lord in that, I began to ask God what, what it looks like to sustain a move of God in the earth. And the word the Lord began to speak to me many, many years ago. I'm still learning about it, still processing it, is that we are in a reformation of the church. And we are in a reformation of the church. And God is reforming his church uh, to live in the beauty of what he intended us to be. And that there's going to be a representation by the people of God in the earth in a, in a manner we have not seen. Uh, I am from the point of view, and I realize there's different point of views on this. I'm from the point of view that I don't believe that Jesus is returning soon because I believe his promises of how he's going to be represented in the nations of the earth have yet to be fully fulfilled. And uh, a number of years ago, I was speaking, uh, we, we hosted a, a conference called Reformation, interestingly enough. And I remember the Lord speaking to me so strongly, and he said to me, I don't have any other plan uh, except that which I'm going to birth through the people of God. So I believe that we are in a season of reformation. It takes on many different expressions, which obviously we don't have time to unpack today. But I also believe for the season that we're living, uh, especially this interesting uh, global pandemic that has literally shut down nations around the world, I believe uh, the word reset is appropriate. Reset is simply mean to see differently. And I believe that heaven is watching is going and is going to judge the people of God of how we leave the current season. I don't believe God caused this. I don't believe God, uh, this is the judgments of God. I believe in New Testament judgment, but I don't believe this is a judgment of God. But I believe that the Lord allowed this opportunity 
for the people of God to reposition themselves and to leave this season correctly to step into the next season that God wants to do. Even this morning, just as I was just spending time with the Lord, I, I saw a very distinct angel and he was watching me again. And I was like, what, what is this guy doing? And uh, I, I just had this sense again that the Lord is watching the people of God so that we would enter into this next season correctly. On April the 16th, I had um, a profound encounter with the Lord and in the fear of the Lord where uh, I saw fires being released all across the United States. And I've seen this before, but I knew it was a different type of fire. And then right here where I'm sitting in my home office, there was this uh, angel of the Lord and he was looking not at me, but through me. And I remember thinking, what is this, what is this angel doing? And the Lord spoke to me and he said, he is watching the people of God to see if they will leave this season correctly. So this is a, a really crucial season uh, for the body of Christ to reposition ourselves, to step into the purposes of God, to step into this repositioning. And I believe these 10 days are an expression of this reformation, worship and prayer, intercession, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 2008, I was in uh, Washington, D.C. at a prayer and worship event, and I remember one of the links that the Lord gave me to understand the current reformation was, he spoke to me really clearly. He said, without 24-hour worship and prayer in the earth, there will not be the reformation that I've been speaking to you about. And we know that uh, one of the things taking place in heaven is uh, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, is worship and prayer. And Jesus, of course, taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So uh, much of uh, what God, part of how God repositions us, and there's many expressions of why, why, God is, why God is calling us to worship and pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but one of, the, uh, one of the expressions of that is that the word correct, correct, I should say correct, worship and intercession repositions the body of Christ to be and to move into everything that God has for it. Uh, 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 another expression of reformation in the earth is this is uh, a season of the corporate man. If you look at back probably the last 110 years of, of especially charismatic and Pentecostal history, we've seen uh, certain offices reintroduced to the church. We've seen uh, certain teachings introduced to the church, the fivefold ministry, which is necessary for the church to move ahead in the purposes of God has been reintroduced to church, but we have yet to see an expression in a move of God where the corporate man arises and God is emphasizing the corporate man in this season, men and women. And I'll, and I'll talk in a minute about uh, uh, one of the things I, I believe the Lord is emphasizing, but particularly Joseph's and Daniel's that are able to engage the marketplace uh, and live in the marketplace and actually uh, become tipping points in nations. But one of the apostolic emphasis, uh, according to Paul, is that many individual members and one body. Here's uh, Ephesians, uh, the fourth chapter, uh, verse, uh, ch uh, Ephesians chapter four, verse one. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, 
bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father uh, uh, of all, who is above all and through and through all, and in you all. That, that's a really key phrase that you find that the, the expression of the Father, the expression of the body of Christ, is, can only be found when the corporate body is operating as God intends. And I want to uh, keep going here in Ephesians 4, obviously a, a, a familiar verse probably to uh, many of us who, uh, who are kind of moving in these circles. I want to just skip on to verse 11. And he himself uh, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the purpose of uh, the offices, obviously God sets in the church, is to release the people of God for the work of ministry. And then again, Paul, because I, I, I feel it's really important to understand this apostolic emphasis uh, Romans, the 12th chapter, uh, verse th three, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than you ought, but to think soberly as God, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Verse four, for as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. So this is a, a season of, for the first time, I believe, a move of God is going to be expressed where the people of God come to the forefront, that everyone understands that there's a purpose, there's an assignment for which we've been called in the earth. The fivefold ministry is going to equip people for the work of the ministry but a lot of the power and the things that will be emphasized will be done in the marketplace through, as we know, the seven spheres of society. And there's a principle that is found in scripture that, that is really, really interesting to me. And I know I'm throwing uh, several things out there, but there's some principles that's established in scripture, particularly in the, of, uh, uh, in the, in the Tower of Babel, where uh, God obviously was in the negative, but there's an expression there that when human beings, when people come into agreement, it's like there's a limitless possibility. And I wanna read that at uh, uh, Genesis, the fifth chapter. Uh, but the Lord God, uh, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Now, we know, obviously, that is in uh, an evil direction, but I want to submit to you uh, one of the things, obviously, that the Lord is emphasizing is that as the people of God come together as one body, many individual members, many individual ministries, but uh, one body merging together that the plans and the purpose that God has for the people of God, everything that he's called us to do will be impossible. And I'm telling you that God is extremely passionate not only about individuals, not only about seeing people saved, 
but his heart is to see a representation of him in the nations of the world and nations actually shift and change for the Lord Jesus Christ. He is passionate about nations. God will judge us, not only individually for the works we did, but he will also judge us in how we stewarded the nation that he gave us to live in and the geographic territory that he called us to be a part of. And uh, there's an, also an interesting principle, and I've been reading, uh, I've had an assignment from the Lord to read through uh, the book of uh, Daniel for the last four years, and there's certain principles I just want to throw out there from Daniel chapter one that I think will be important for us to understand and even emphasize in this season. We know in Genesis one that God gave man the earth to steward, to, to, to be a uh, colony of heaven. And so there's, there's some principles that play out there in Daniel one that I think are exceeding important. Daniel chapter one, we'll read out of verse one. In the third year, of uh, the reign of Jacob, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem to siege it. And the Lord gave Je Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of God. And he brought the articles into the treasure of the house of God. So here we have Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He is he's actually taking and he's He's taking Jerusalem, which belongs to God's covenant people, and he actually has a legal right to do that because the people of God have been serving idols. So when I, I want to submit to you that when the people of God do not operate correctly, the enemy has a legal right to establish and take hold, uh, take hold of strongholds. Uh, many, many years ago it, here in America, obviously I'm American, uh, there was uh, a letter written to uh, heads of, of uh, Christian schools and universities, and it was from Hollywood directors and leaders, and they and they sent these letters to um, uh, they, they sent these letters to uh, heads of Christian universities, and they asked them, and they said, "Please send us your best and your brightest, because we want to we want we want to." Uh, invite them to be a part of shaping media and shaping things in uh, uh, the movies that come from Hollywood. And the, the Christian president's reply was, we would rather our, our children go to hell than to help you. And so because the people of God didn't step into their rightful place, at least in America, we missed an opportunity to shape media with godly and, and, and Christian values. So the world has... Uh, uh, the world has a right to legally take places where the people of God don't rightfully take their authority. Uh, second principle here from the book of uh, uh, Daniel, Daniel chapter 1. Verse 3, then the king instructed Azima, master of the units, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the kingdom, in, excuse me, in the king's palace, whom they might teach the language and the literature of, that, uh, of the Chaldeans. Now, this is a, a really, really important principle that we see in operation today, and it is this, that if the, if the people of God, if the body of Christ is not properly 
educated according to a biblical worldview with the Bible as their foundation, learning how to move in everything that God intends them to move, they will, uh, they, someone will disciple them. Every one of us on this call, all of, I live with this principle, all of humanity is being discipled a certain way. And Jesus taught us that uh, what we believe defines the way we live. Jesus, Jesus taught us in uh, uh, John the sixth chapter, he said, uh, they asked him one day, it's a really fascinating question. I've been meditating on it for years. They asked him, they said, they said, what do we need to do to do the works of God? He says, oh, to do the works of God, he doesn't give them like a five steps. He goes, to do the works of God is to believe correctly. So he teaches them that if your belief system is correct, you will do the works of God in the earth. And I think one of the things that we see is that when the people of God are not properly seeing the world according to God's divine intent, our thinking and our viewpoint is, 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 is clouded with an inability to see the world in the manner that God intends. And so it's extremely important that we begin to have God's view on reality, begin to teach people how to live out of the mind of Christ, begin to teach people that they, everyone has a calling, everyone has an assignment, there's an anointing, there's a grace to do that which God called them to do. And, um, also taught us is also really interesting to me he said there's only two types of people uh two types of people in the world those building correctly and those building incorrectly you find that obviously in matthew the seventh chapter and he tells us what's really interesting is that you cannot tell how the person is living until the storm comes and uh one of them you know they both appear to have the right edifice, but until the difficulty comes, uh, that is when it, it's defined how that person has built. And I believe we are in one of these moments where the Lord is trying to deliver the body of Christ of dead religious works and external found an external house that is not properly built to reposition us to cause us to see reality correctly. Jesus told Nicodemus in John the third chapter, he said to him, he said, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. So a critical part of believers, of reformers in the earth, is the ability to see as God sees. And I want to tell you, if we were ever at a time in the world, it's critical we have people who see as God intends us to see. Now, uh, 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 I, and I also believe we're in a, a, a place of great, great decision in the people of God. We can, especially in America and in the Western world, we can choose the path of purpose. We can choose the path of promise. We can choose the path of harvest. It won't be an easy path, but there's a harvest. There's a breakthrough. Or we can kind of keep going the way we've gone, and 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 uh, it'll be okay. But we won't fully maximize what God has. I believe we're in a Deuteronomy 30 movement, where where uh, God spoke to the nation of Israel, and He told them, "Hey, said you can choose which path you go on." in this season uh go on to uh daniel uh looking at my time here daniel uh one verse eight daniel one verse eight but daniel uh but 
excuse me, have a lot going on here. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicies, nor with wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and goodwill of the chiefs of the eunuch. And the chief of the eunuch said, I fear, my Lord, for the king has appointed you food and drink. For why should you see your faces looking worse than the young men who are aged? And then why would you endanger my head uh, before the king? Uh, the reason I point this out is because uh, most uh, commentator scholars will tell you that Daniel and his companions are no more than maybe 13 or 14 years old when they are taken captive. Uh, their, their, whole, their whole nation has been besieged, and now they are they're being asked to do things that are contrary to, uh, in my opinion, what they have been taught. And the reason I bring this up is because uh, I always I asked a question years ago, why didn't these guys, why didn't these young men compromise? And I am convinced because even though a whole nation as a whole had turned away from the Lord, I believe that their parents had put within them the ways of the covenant, the ways of God, and that when they got in a system and they got into an atmosphere that was contrary to what they had been taught, Daniel had already decided how he was going to act. And because of that, he refused to compromise. He refused to do. Uh, he, he refused to do uh, what, what they were asking him to do. And he actually was so confident in that he said, "Listen, it's going to be okay." And I want to suggest that one of the things that God is raising up in reformers in the earth is a people who know how to operate in contrary environments, refuse to compromise, and because of it favor comes and unlocks a door to which they become distinguished in what God has called them to do. And uh, uh, I also believe one of the things that God is emphasizing as well, even in this repositioning, it's easy to see, and it was simply this, is that God is emphasizing the family marriages, building houses of prayer, even in our own homes. That's part of this worship and prayer movement in the earth. I've been encouraging people, build a house of prayer in your home. And he, here, here's, the, here's the final uh, principle here, Daniel 1 verse 17. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill and literature and wisdom and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of days, when the king had said that they would be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king in interviewed them. Among them, all none was found like Daniel, Hannah, Misha, and Ezra. I want you to note that. The king interviewed them, and among them, all was found uh, was all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hima, Mishal, and Ezra. Therefore, they served before the king. There's two things I, 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 that so jumps out at me. Number one, that they, they distinguished themselves because the, that which, of, that which uh, God had put on the inside of them caused them to be elevated even in an evil system, but they were also there to serve. They were not there to, 
take over, demand their rights. But in the heart of serving, God exalted them and they were able to serve a very evil man. Most people think Book of Daniel, he's serving uh, what can be likened to about four, uh, at least three Saddam Husseins, yet he serves them, yet he has favor and he is influencing how that nation operates. Verse 20, and all the matters of wisdom and understanding, <clears throat> excuse me, about which the king examined them, he found them, I love this, 10 times better than all the musicians and astrologers who were in all this realm. Thus, Daniel continued until the first, uh, first king of Cyrus. I just want to say one more thing here, and it's that this, the world we know is not looking for overtly Christian solutions, but they are looking for solutions. They are looking for things that would benefit society. Jesus taught us uh, to you, it has been granted to know the secrets of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He also taught us, he said, I will utter things hidden before the very foundation of the earth. I interpret that to mean that he will give us understanding of wisdom and understanding that not only cause people to wonder, but also cause God to be put on display. And I just want to declare to you, God is going to be put on display in the nations of the earth. There will be worship and prayer movements all across the earth little fires, big fires that God will connect. And there will be a spirit, an unprecedented spirit of wisdom and revelation in this season of reformation. Reformers and pioneers will be raised up in the earth for such a time as this. Apostles and prophets joining together as one for the purposes of God. And I just uh, declare that even in these 10 days, there's going to be an anointing for breakthrough. There's going to be an anointing for harvest. There's going to be an anointing for ideas, wisdom, and insight. There's going to be an anointing for uh, uh, understanding and shift. And I just see that we are at a crossroads in the global church. And I just know that there'll be a preceding voice There'll be a preceding voice from heaven that will teach us the ways of God, cause us to navigate this correctly, and be lifted above even the crisis in the earth. And for the people of God, it will be a time of understanding, wisdom, harvest, and to be put on display for the purpose of God. So I bless you to receive that today in Jesus' name. Amen.